are listening to Ya But, recorded at Crescent Lounge in Seattle, Washington. And here's your host, Vivian Gabor. Hello and welcome to Yeah But the Podcast, the podcast that I, Vivian Gabor, started because I like butts and I like learning things. Really, it's just because I'm ignorant and don't know anything, so I figured why not get people to tell me things about stuff they know. In the bar this morning, we have... Hi, I'm Ken Stavera. I'm one of the leads of Seattle Gamers, a social gaming group for queer gamers of all sorts in Seattle. And I'm Jordy Bennett, I'm also a lead for Seattle Gamers. That's gamers with a Y. Gamers with a Y. It's very important. The gamers. We're gamers. <laughs> That's uh, super exciting. I'm also Daddy Issues, uh, drag queen, and I'm one of Vivian's fellow castmates here at Crescent. And we couldn't be joined today by our third lead, who is Tyler Thedens, who's been around with the group since the very beginning. How long has the group been around? Uh, we've been around since 2015, and we've been progressively more and more active as of the last two years as well. Kind of blew up a little bit. <laughs> just so. a, just a bit. Just a little bit. <laughs> Are we talking like blow up and like growing or blow up and like Grand Theft Auto 4? Um, well, we both... <laughs> <laughs> right. well, we hey. well, we have There's had some incidents. my one reference I can throw in. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, we actually both joined the leadership team in January of 2017. And around the time, we had just over 100 members. And oh, right dang. now, it is March, and we're at... Of the next year, and we're at 950 plus. Holy shit. So, <laughs> yeah. a lot in a very short amount of time. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. I mean, I have no knowledge of that world at all, so I didn't realize it was that that big of a thing. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a very, it's a very, um, that's the thing about queer gamers is we're actually a very, very large portion of the geeky community. Uh, it's just a lot of gamers are actually introverts and that was one of the reasons why we felt it was so important for Seattle gamers to be a thing because we function as a social hub so people can meet each other break off do their own thing and we run successful event after successful event so that more and more people come and get to know each other and can you know come and go as they please like they could disappear for months and then come back and know that we're always going to be there for them that's yeah. super cool. Yeah, because the thing is, we we are all friends in and out of gamers. Even if it's not an event, we all hang out most of the time, anyways. So, uh, yeah, it's just a way to meet people and uh, get yourself out there. I mean, fun fact: we actually started out mainly doing drink ups, like social meetups and bars, and how gamers as it is right now started. <laughs> I mean, in in the way it operates right now. Um, those people all met right here at the Crescent one night when yeah. uh, my building was burning Ooh, down. Crescent. Oh, God, <laughs> yeah. what? <laughs> yeah. What happened? Oh, it's kind of a funny story. So, like, um, one of the units in my building caught fire. Uh, and I live, I used to live a few blocks away from the Crescent, the, you know, the bar we're recording right now for everyone who's listening. And basically, uh, Tyler was here. And Tyler was like, the building behind me is on fire, and then saw my Facebook post and was like, oh, shit, it's your building. <laughs> oh, my God. So I came over for karaoke, and the rest is kind of history. That's how we met for the first time. Oh, my God. Actually, and no, I, that was actually one of my first uh, right? gamers events. Exactly, too, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's insane. I would not. Oh, my God. Yeah. So you've been very important to us. Hey, hey. Come on, Crescent Lounge. <laughs> Karaoke, bringing people together while their buildings are burning down. 
or their lives. I mean, that happens too. Their yeah. lives are burning down that's all around line. us. That's a line for the soundbite. <laughs> Seriously. What sound bites? This is just a stream of consciousness podcast. I mean, sure. <laughs> so, what is what do you what does it mean to be a gamer? Like, we were kind of talking yesterday a little bit about like it's there are a lot of different kind of subcultures to it. I don't know a lot about it. Sure. My my biggest foray into that world was actually in college. Went to a little tiny private Christian school. It was I think. 3,800 students by the time I graduated. Like, super small. I knew everyone in my graduating class, at least by name. And we didn't have fraternities or sororities, but when you were a junior or senior, you were allowed to rent one of the, the campus-owned houses right around campus. Oh, yeah, yeah. And we had theme houses, so you had to, like, present this idea, and then you got approved or not. We got approved, because we were cool. We were four. We had a physics major. I was a music major, a theater major, and a math major. Um, <laughs> you were like, was, that's, that, sounds like a, that sounds like a sitcom. <laughs> it should have been. It should have been. I could, the stories I could tell about that place. Um, but the, the theme was the games and adventures theme house. And so each month we put on an event where it was based around a different board game. Oh, fun. Essentially what we do. <laughs> <laughs> the, <laughs> the, the biggest event we did was the Settlers of Catan night. And we had like five games going at once and I was so confused by the whole thing because that was the first time I'd ever seen it. I actually just, just learned how to play that. So, oh, so really? that's like what? so that's like my before. only real experience with, with gaming. I've tried to play video games, but we won't talk about that. We yeah. probably will at some point, but that well you've covered kind of both both realms of which <laughs> Great, perfect. Which well, two of many, but yeah. Two of many the, the two, the of, two of which ones. me and Kent are both separate specialized people. So uh, <laughs> That's I, I, so true. <laughs> I, I deal more in video games, definitely, and uh, Kent steals more in board games. So Yeah, I haven't had a television in over a decade. Oh, what? <laughs> so <laughs> like not counting Netflix and Hulu. Uh, I mean, I mean, I have a laptop, right? Okay, like, I have the internet. I was, I was about to be a little worried. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> but it, it's funny because, um, yeah. So people always ask when they find out I'm a lead for Seattle gamers. You're like, oh, what kind of video games do you play? And I'm like, not my department. Um, <laughs> and then I pass pass them along to Jordy or Tyler. It's actually really funny that people um always ask that upon meeting yeah. any any of us Almost three be- because because board games are actually by and large, our most successful event. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. And it, yeah. Well, and that's the thing. I think I think part of that has to do with us being, you know, a more of a, a social group. Is that really board games are more of a social setting? Mm, uh, video gaming is really really important to our communities, um, but they're only so portable, right? I mm. mean, that's why that's why things like the Nintendo Switch are incredibly incredibly important total game changers. Is because they have changed the way people can game. Um, yeah, same with like Pokemon Go. I noticed there's a lot of. Yeah, and that's another aspect that we don't think about. Out with like, that, yeah. So, you know, you had asked me yesterday, like, like when you t- say gaming, do you mean like RPGs, for instance? And a lot of times when people think RPGs, they immediately go to like a video game. But, you know, there are also tabletop RPGs. Mm-hmm. There's LARPing, which is, you know, live action role playing for people who don't know what that means. Um, yeah, LARPing. Yeah, and so, you know, there's, there's, so many, there's so many facets to so many aspects of gaming, and that's why we're a large community, amongst mm-hmm. other things. Very intersectional. Mm-hmm. Intersectional. Yeah. Well, uh, Jordy, tell me, 
why why are video games as important as they are? Like, I don't necessarily understand video games. I'm terrible at them, specifically like open world video games because I'm just like running around hitting stuff, hoping something happens, <laughs> which works for the Lego games. Yes, because you very can't well. die. Because <laughs> you can't die, and hitting things is how you get stuff done. Yeah, but in general, <laughs> like I can't pass the tutorial level of Banjo Kazooie. That's how bad at video games I am. So, like, tell me about video games. What, like, why, why do you like them so much? And um, I think, in comparison to like books, uh, there's a reason that video games are so popular with 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 queer kids and queer people in particular because it, it is a lot like a book where especially really story heavy games you can really lose yourself in that game and a lot of the time just really pretend you're somewhere or someone else um it is a lot like a book that way you know you see queer kids are often bigger readers and you know more into fantasy worlds and i think that's telling when it <laughs> shows the amount of queer people who were into video games and other uh, forms of escapism, you know. So mm -hmm. yeah, it's actually Jordy. I think that's right. That's the that's the word we're looking for here. Is escapism is a very real thing in queer communities, mm -hmm. especially. Oh yeah. You know, especially being generally oppressed communities, no matter where you are in the world, and video games, comic books, a lot of these are worlds where you can, and fantasy as a whole, these are worlds where you can redefine your life. You can you know see a potentially different future. Um, or a different reality and just kind of revel in something else for a while. And, and have that future go the way that you want. Totally. Yeah. And, th and that's why there's also a lot of overlap between comic book readers and, ga and video gamers and mm. board gamers. Well, mainly video gamers, too, is because mm. the difference being it's almost a choose-your-own-adventure version of it, right? Like, yeah, you totally. get it's in your control. Yeah. Um, is there... So in terms of, like, the the comic book overlap in there. Are there a lot of comic book video games? I don't know. I don't um, know about that. Is that there, I mean, there is a fair amount, but mostly also just comic books. If someone likes video games, a lot of the time they just like comic books. It's yeah, it's it's know. true. And, and 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 superhero culture, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, the the idea the idea of a secret identity, for instance, yeah. is one that like is a permeating theme throughout a lot of it. And and on that note as well as, as it pertains to queer people, especially is is the comic book industry is actually becoming incredibly queer friendly. Yes. Um, yeah, I've been in, noticing that. In comparison that. to other forms of like media or movies or books or, you know, there are so many queer superheroes now. And, um, and it's not just limited to like superhero comics either. I mean, mm -hmm. uh, if you think about like Archie comics, you know, mm, which sprouted with Riverdale. Riverdale. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Archie, I haven't watched it yet, but I've heard amazing things. Oh, uh, I mean, like we, you know, I I mostly want to watch there it because Cole Sprouse. I will give one small opinion that is hopefully isn't too spoilery. <laughs> is it, well, which is in the Archie comics, uh, Jughead is is canical, canon canonically. Yeah, is canonically asexual, and in Riverdale they oh, they gave him a uh, a girlfriend. So it's funny. So. You s it's funny you say that because so I was a devout Archie comics reader like growing up, uh -huh. and I remember as a kid reading the story about Jughead's first love. Oh, like, Jughead! I, I know what I'm yeah. saying. They changed it like. In like they the did. last like 10, 15 years, I think. Oh well, and I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't watch too much yeah. of it. Yeah, I don't know. I just want to see Cole Sprouse. That's all <laughs> I'm in it for. Well, we've all seen Cole Sprouse. <laughs> <laughs> but to that point, right? Um, circling back around, it's the thing about 
um, Archie Comics was it was actually the first comic book, even though it's we think of it as this all American, like you know, mm-hmm. no nothing thing, but it was the first comic book to feature an interracial couple. Oh wow! Um, and then they were also the first comic book to have a, an out male gay character. Oh, I didn't um, know that. Yeah, who got, who got married? Who got married? That's right. I uh, was with. I think gaming is definitely behind comic culture uh, a bit because I think when. Dragon Age uh, Inquisition came out, uh, I think it was only two or three years ago. It was the first uh, game that offered a um, purely only homosexual, because ro- there's romance options in the, yeah. in the game. Uh, they were the first game to have a male character who could only be romanced by a male character. Interesting. Um, and there was a big, big, like, hullabaloo about it. Um, Why is that? I don't is, I mean, the, is the is the video game community in general just a lot uh, I think there's straighter a lot or like not straighter I think I think the very um, hardcore fans are um, a lot more vocal than comic books y- yeah. in my opinion uh, I I mean uh, the fact of the matter is there there are more outlets for video gamers to discuss yeah, is the other true. thing too that's true um, and there. I mean, the unfortunate thing is that a lot of our progress is really dependent on how, I don't want to say how ready society is for it, but how yeah. much we can do it in society, right? Mm-hmm. So a perfect example would be um, Pirates of the Caribbean right now in Disneyland. Um, they're actually changing one of their major scenes, which was where there's a woman who is up for auction, um, and, and they're going to redo the scene, and now that woman is going to be a pirate. So it's going to be a similar scene, but it's no longer Interesting. Like, like the barter, the sale of a woman, right? Yeah. Um, but it's 2018. I mean, yeah. that ride's been around for decades, and we're just now getting to yeah. like, s- start to treat women better in society. <sighs> I mean, like, we've been able to vote. F- yeah, that's a whole story. I mean, yeah, no, it's, it's definitely the, the idea of the seeds that we're planting are taking a long yeah. time it's, to take it's root. It's taking a very, very long time. I mean, so it's funny. I was just thinking about Ref 74, which is um, for mar- was for marriage equality in Washington before it was um, passed, like, you know, uh, nationwide. And uh, I'm a hairstylist, and I had a client in my chair who was in his 60s from, like, had grown up in Alabama yeah. and was, like, you know, oh, no. basically lived the whole <gasps> – right. Um, so 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 we're painting the picture right so he sits in my chair and the first things out of his mouth because it was happening at the Mm -hmm. time and this was like what 2010 11 somewhere there um he sits in my chair and he goes i just don't understand about this whole rep 74 thing and i'm like bracing myself right because this is my client and i have to treat him right now and you have scissors in your hand and Sweetie true. Todd. Totally true. Um, and, and, and his next, I'm like, well, what do you mean? And his next words were, I mean, we marched for this back in the 60s. I don't understand why you don't have it figured out by now. Yeah. Uh, and I was just like, oh, my God. This oh. is such a breath of fresh Y'all air. Y'all wanted a twist, huh? Yes, right? twist. <laughs> but well, the reason, right, yeah. was because I told him, I'm like, that's so, I'm so thankful for what you've done for us. But really, I mean, you raised your kids to think that way. And it's not until they raise their kids yep. that we're going to be able to really see some change. So. The generation gap takes a long yeah, time to get it through. Does. And it's a very special person in charge of the right thing at the right time yes. to get ideas pushed forward quickly. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm assuming a lot of those CEOs of gaming companies, both 
both board and video games aren't necessarily worried about progressive ideas as much as they are necessarily selling. I think that was I think that selling could games. definitely be true up to like five, even five years ago. But I think that yeah, they're starting to realize that now progressiveness sells because mm-hmm. queer it, gamers got money a lot of the time. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, because I, I sense bio. I think Bioware is really the um, the company that's really kind of leading the charge because they started with Dragon Age Inquisition, and then they uh, the Mass Effect games now have queer only uh, romances mm, or yeah, gay, gay only those, romances yeah. and uh, or queer only because uh, so they ha- they even have a, a gender a male coded but like genderless character um, in Mass Effect Andromeda. Oh, cool! Who's romanceable. It's it's. Romanceable. Yeah, I like romanceable. that word. <laughs> I'm very romanceable for anyone out there wondering. And, you know, and if you like, if and if you if you if you like alien, you know, diddling, then uh, you know, go for it. So. <laughs> I think another thing to our advantage too is that the um, I mean, I know I, this isn't my territory, but one thing I've noticed as an outsider or you know, as someone in the peripheral is that there was really an age of like, for lack of a better way of putting it, like toxic masculinity games oh <laughs> like my yeah. God, yeah and there was like a, a, i mean a, let's talk about final fantasy and the fan, and then the art on the cover well uh. <laughs> but like you know it, it's not it's not even that right it, it's it's all about the um i mean and that's that's part of why you know people can use the, the whole violence in video games argument which is a whole other conversation that's yeah anyway mm-hmm. the point being that like there has been this age and perception of you know that kind of energy in games but Right now, we're getting to a point where we actually have a lot of people who grew up with classic games who are developing games that are a little bit more, I don't want to say retro, but like games that don't necessarily focus on that kind of thing. Like Overcooked is one of the most popular mm-hmm. yeah. like multiplayer games right now. Where I'm mean, Not multiplayer, but like, you know, like um, co-op games right now where... What's the difference? You are chefs in a kitchen trying to like complete orders, right? And oh my like, God. Right, and it's like, game. but I would have a panic attack every two minutes. <laughs> oh, you completely <laughs> knowing totally you, you completely would. would. Oh my yeah. god! Wait, in real time? Oh yeah, yeah, and, yeah. yeah. With Basically. like, and you're not necessarily all in the same room trying to get the no, game well, done. No, no, all, uh, no. We, we all, we all, we, we. It's one of the main games we feature at our game nights. So. Yeah, but like in general, for people in general, it's like an online play game, or like no, no, you're typically playing in the same room. Oh, yeah. okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. that makes a whole lot more sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. But it, I, I would have fewer panic yeah, attacks yeah, yeah, in yeah. that case. <laughs> I, 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 I definitely get anxiety from that game. Because uh, you have to like, take ingredients and chop them up and throw them in like, a pot. And then you know have them cook for some time. And stuff can burn if you leave oh it on God, for too long. Oh my God, it's so true. And then you, have to, then you have to plate it and then you have to put it See, on the See, that's thing. just like the new the dishes, version. When the, dishes, when the dishes come back, you have to wash the dishes. Yeah. Oh my true. God, that's the new version of... Um, uh, Restaurant Empire. Yeah, it was a yeah. video yeah, game totally. I played a long time ago. Well, th- and that's the thing, right? Like, like yeah. we're we're, we're really a lot more simple. Yeah, we've come to a point where we're consuming video games on different levels again, yeah. and it's the same with board games. Like, yeah. you know, there yeah. was an age when board games were one kind of thing, and certain game changers made it made made uh, yeah. producers realize that you can market to a wider audience. When well, you, you can push what what people with board games want to do. Yeah, totally. In terms of like their patience and how long the t- game takes to play, and like you go from like strategic stratego to like risk, and then all of a sudden you have access and allies, and you're just like, wait, that takes like twenty weeks to finish. But <laughs> oh my god, it totally does. 
I remember my family bought Axis and Allies. I think it was the the European um, version. It was like the second version that came out. And we were like, this is going to be fun. We can set it up and w- not worry about it and just play it as we go. We opened it and like looked at the manual and it's like an inch thick. And we're just like, no, well, and we're not playing this. <laughs> it's funny, too, you say that because I feel like a lot of people have been traumatized by games that take too long or yeah. are too complicated. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, we were just talking about this recently about, you know, you think about the board game, the board game history and they're really, once you've gone past the classic games of like Monopoly, which everyone played wrong, so it took forever and, you know, Risk and Mm -hmm. like Carcassonne and like, like when you think about all these different games, later on, there was this kind of this renaissance with board games when Cranium came out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, Oh, my God. That game's so fun. Because all of a sudden, it was a party game that also managed to play to multiple people's different skills. Yep. And then when that when they came out, it's kind of started a new a new wave of like marketing and creating board games. Mm -hmm. And really, it paved the way for a lot of the games we see now. I mean, you're getting game board game releases almost as quickly as video game releases these days. And the the cool thing uh, about that is. A lot of them are party games. They're just really pickupable and and yeah. Board, board gaming before the Renaissance went, I think, <laughs> also went through a phase where there wasn't like family friend, like super yeah. family friendly games. Or, like, oh yeah. Super like if nobody in this group knows how to play it, you know. It it was a very yeah. it was very alienating for oh sure. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, and the fun thing about like Cranium for me and that that kind of ilk is that it's a very intense game and it's a very like high energy game. But it also is done within an hour or so. Yeah. Like, it's not one that you're like, oh, God, if we start this, this the whole party is going to turn into this. It's like, no, we can play this for a little while and then go do something else or turn on a movie and play it at the same time. Or Sure. And, and then he- here's some uh, shameless self-promotion. If you uh, <laughs> <laughs> for, ga- for games that are easier to play, you know, go find a community event. Um, yeah, totally. There's, there's yeah. always someone there who knows how to play that game. And you know what? Long game, for me, long games... They're really hard to get into, but once you're in them, there's a reason that they're popular. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Like yeah. like the, the investment is totally worth yeah. it. Um, and I think one of the things that's happened with video, oh wait, sorry, with board games as of late is they've increased people's threshold for their patients learning a new game. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think people are more willing to learn a different game if they've had a fulfilling time with. Uh, a game of a different variety. Yeah, absolutely. Or something that, that builds on something else. Um, like earlier, like I remember playing Stratego when I was like oh, I love eight Stratego. or nine. And like that's a game that you can very easily pick up and learn, oh, I just need to guard my flag. Like it's a very <laughs> right. basic sure. idea. Yeah, and then Risk kind of built on that in that it was on a much larger scale, took maybe an hour or two longer. But it was a similar idea of I need to protect this one thing and go explore and conquer. And then on top of that, then you get the next. So they're like these building blocks that I start to see. But in general, like I also see a lot of games that are doing what Access and Allies was doing, but in a much shorter time span, both board game wise and video game wise. Yeah, I mean, that's true, right? Because there's a lot of um, there. I mean, even just going back to Catan, which is. Obviously, like one of the most popular. Do you have wood for sheep? <laughs> <laughs> I got some wood for you. We are walking off set right now. 
No, it's stone. Bye. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh my god, it's so true though. That's like a typical game. Um, but it's it's it, it's a similar concept, right? Like you build your territory, you build your roads, mm-hmm. you claim these resources. I mean, it's it's completely different game. That's not let's not even like compare the two in that way. But for people who are looking for that kind of fulfillment on yeah. a different ca- uh, scale and with different stimulus, this is a, a way to go. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, for tabletop and board games, uh, moving back to queerness, is uh, Wizards of the Coast just announced that uh, they're making elves gender fluid. Yeah. Or they have a gender fluid uh, thing. And a kind of social commentary is uh, dark elves really hate that. So... Uh, I don't know what any of that meant. Please explain. So uh, <laughs> that's, 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 I was just like, fantastic. Sorry. What? Which is the coast is the company that uh, produces Dungeons, Dungeons and Dragons. Okay. Um, and one of the races, elves, uh, now have like a. Uh, there's source material. That you, you can always make queer characters in D and D because that's the magic in D and D is you can make whatever you want, uh, but. They're actually giving resources now on how gender fluid, how elves are gender, can be gender fluid and how it fits into their culture and, and oh cool. Um, and so they're giving more backstory and more of a more of backstory. A full yeah. world of it as opposed to just you can create this character if you want if you I want and, and there's nothing <laughs> against it you know because they're usually pretty yeah uh, what is in, intentionally not uh, specific about those and then you know. So, speaking of D&D, uh-huh. Dungeons and Dragons, I've, it's kind of plagued my life um, in terms of, like, <laughs> my, my dad was a dungeon master when he was in college. My mom was a map maker. I wasn't allowed to play it because it was, I never quite got a clear answer. It was somewhere between this game is evil and we know that you would take too much time doing it and never do homework, so you're not going to get to play this. Um, so, I don't personally have a lot of experience with it to my knowledge it was a a very pardon the expression game changing thing it was it was a big movement what was the why is it such a big deal and what is it and because i know there are a lot of people out there who just see it as this weird like cult thing (laughs) because i think i think the real big appeal to dungeons and dragons was you can do whatever you want it's back to the whole, you know, choose your own adventure escapism, right? Yeah. I mean, that's... But I mean, on a grander scale. On a grander scale. Because you can, you can it, in video games, there's, you know, usually, like, maybe, like, option A through E. In Dungeons & Dragons, the, Limitless. you can literally yeah. do anything. So was it basically a video game before video games were around were, was kind was of idea? Bef- or? It was a video game before video games were open worlds. It was an okay. open world video game before video games were open world. If you know what an open world video game is. Which, if you don't, it means that it's a. It's a you can just game. run yeah, around and do whatever, whatever you want. Whatever you want. It's like Halo with a grav hammer; it just hit things. Sure. That's that's me. <laughs> that's all I can do. D and D. What? What's a video game? No. No, no. It it's a like a video game. video game. Like it was a video game before video games. Oh. Yeah. I was so confused right now. I'm <laughs> like, <laughs> what are you yeah, talking about? No, it wasn't. It wasn't. St- <laughs> <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons is not a video game. We were simply <laughs> referencing the fact that it was a similar game aesthetic and gameplay idea to what would 
later become an open world video oh game. Oh my god, it was so confused for a second. <laughs> I was like, what is going now, on right now? Now, could you imagine? Actually, no, you can't imagine. That's basically World of Warcraft. I mean, no, Dungeons and Dragons no. has had has had video, little video game offshoots. Yes, um, but I, I was like, let's like never, Neverwinter Nights and the entire Neverwinter series is based off a module of D and D. But um, well, and there's a there are like 20 book series that are based on Dungeons and Dragons. I read. Yeah. Hello, truck. Um, I read Dragons of Autumn Twilight, which is part of the Dragonlance Chronicles, mm-hmm. which was an offshoot. Of D and D, and I don't, I don't know what the series is called, but there's. Are you dr- calling me a loser? <laughs> what? I didn't say a word. <laughs> you heard. I it read here. a lot of fantasy growing up, and I just yeah. lit on that one, and then like read it and loved it. I haven't gotten a chance to go back because it's. There are hundreds of books in that series now, but yeah, there's a, there's a lot of D and D books. Um, but it's just it seems like this big cultural revolution that. I'm completely unaware of because I don't know how to play those kinds of games. And well, what is so? I mean, I guess backing up, since I just kind of jumped into Dungeons and Dragons, what is the what is the main idea behind an RPG or a role-playing game? Since there are people out there that have no oh. knowledge of that arena at all, it's mostly about storytelling. Uh, you want to create a, a narrative. I mean, the rules are fun and. It's cool to build a character that works in combat, but I mean, the the main point usually is uh, storytelling and just yeah, that's yeah. true. I mean, sometimes sometimes the story is kind of set up for you mm-hmm. um, in the game, and you discover what the story is as you play it. Okay. Um, other times it's you know like Dungeons and Dragons where you really kind of make it up, right? Yeah. So. Are yeah. there demogorgons? I know there are people that want to know. Oh, sorry. Are there demogorgons? I actually don't know if demogorgon is an actual <laughs> thing, to be honest. Uh. <laughs> um, I've never ran into one in any anything I've played, but I mean, you can also create creatures, so I mean, yeah. it's not hard. I mean, truth be told, I wasn't a huge Stranger Things fan, but it does tie in, yeah, quite a bit. You had to make a cultural reference. Yay! Come on, pop culture <laughs> reference. I got there eventually. Um, did you learn this at another one of your podcasts? No. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't learn much ever. It's in one ear out the other. That's true. Ask anyone I work with. That's why we recorded for posterity. Come on, recording. Come on, recording. One of the things I want to bring up, too, is the, the new Jumanji movie. Oh. It had a very similar R- RPG avatar feel to it. Did it? Yeah. I didn't see we it. We haven't seen it yet. Okay. But I, yeah, I have heard mind. about it, but... I, I mean, if you want to talk about it, you can. I haven't seen it yet either. Should, should we really talk about a movie that none of us have seen? <laughs> I don't think that's a good idea. <laughs> we I mean, all sound not? like idiots. <laughs> I mean, I always sound like an idiot. Well, you can't help that. Yeah, I really can't. can't. <laughs> <laughs> I run a gaming group. Yeah. It's, I, w- I mean, Avatar itself was kind of like along those lines. Although well, yeah. it was a terrible movie. Sorry, it was. It was a beautiful movie. I got sick during it, actually. I did, too. Yeah. Because it, th- it was the th- first 3D movie I ever saw. I had 3D glasses on, and the scene where, like, they lit the tree on fire and the ashes were, ra- were raining down, it got too yeah. real. For, it got too real for a second, <laughs> and I got really, really sick. Like, um, my first... Th- go oh, go for it. My first 3D film was Spy Kids 3D. 
Oh my god. Uh, I see the thing is I saw that movie but it was on TV so I didn't get the 3D effect of it. It was pretty it's, it was actually a really good one to see in 3D because that world is so fucking like green screen and cheesy. I miss those movies. I wish I'm waiting for them in like 5 Alexa years. Vega is such a hottie. I share a birthday with Alexa Vega. Shut up, you do. Uh-huh. Hey August 27th. <laughs> Feel free to send me birthday presents on that day if you want. I also accept butt pics. Oh, I she thought you does. said butt plugs. <laughs> it was like, oh. No. No, I'm a top, usually. That doesn't mean you can't like a butt plug. That's very true. <laughs> I mean, like, Everyone likes a little stimulation every once no, in a while. There's no correlation between those two statements. <laughs> That's true. No, I, I want them to bring back... I'm really surprised Spy Kids has been gone this long, honestly. I am too. Because that was... it went on for a while. I mean, there were four movies, and then there was Shark Boy and Lava I Girl. There were three. Oh, Shark Boy and Lava Girl. I think, which oh, I think was Taylor Lautner. That was so terrible. Did you know? Like, did you know? Like... I didn't even care about the story. I remember I was like 11 when that movie came out. No, I must. No, I was. How old was I? How old now are I... you now? <laughs> I'm a baby. Yeah, we don't believe that. Let's. <laughs> How old are you again? I just had my golden birthday this last right year. The only baby right now. How old are you again? I'm 27. Oh, so you're still oh, in the right. calendar. <laughs> Shark boy and oh my phone. It's like why isn't it loading anything? My phone's fun, an airplane. Fun mode. fact: Kinta's nickname in gamers is Grandpa. Granddaddy. I, the I, Adventures I call of me Shark Boy and Lava grandpa. Girl. Came out in 2005, so I was 14. My nickname is Why Are 2005? You? 2005? Yeah. Jesus. That was 13 Christ. years ago. My nickname in gamers is Why Are You in My Apartment? Also, that means. <laughs> oh, Taylor Lautner's only a year younger than me. Perfect. Because um, I remember watching that movie when I was home alone, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Please don't talk to me ever again. <laughs> Let's just, for posterity, say that I've had a crush on Taylor Lautner longer than most people have known he existed. <laughs> um, I've liked Ryan Reynolds since Two Guys, a Girl in a Pizza Place. Never heard of it. Exactly. I liked him <laughs> since since the proposal, but that's just because oh, I love that he though. and Sandra Bullock are perfect <laughs> so together. I, lo I love when she's like, Alaska. Alaska. <laughs> I like French fries. <laughs> so. My personal favorite part of the proposal is... When the Pomeranian gets picked up by the eagle and she's fighting oh, yeah, for its yeah, yeah, yeah. life, I'm like, just let it take the stupid rat. I don't know what the movie this is, but that sounds horrible. You've never seen The Proposal? No, I don't watch oh movies. Oh my god. Okay. It's so. a rom com with Sandra Bullock and Ryan Reynolds where she plays an editor and he plays her assistant and then she's Wait, from Canada. And he hates her. And he she's hates a bitch her. She worked for. Oh, but she's I, from I, Canada I, I, I and has to get her green movie. card, so they have to get married. Oh. And. Then they end up falling in love, and it's the most heartwarming, amazing movie. <laughs> Fall in love with somebody that you hate. I mean, talking about movies and games and such, let's take a quick foray into movies about games. Um, there have been a few of them, actually. actually Not even like, I mean, we are. I wanted to talk about Jumanji, but none of us have seen the new version. <laughs> um, but Tomb I mean, the original version. Tomb yeah, Tomb Raider's coming out. Tomb Raider's right coming now. out. It is. Right Ooh, yeah. we should go see it. Um, you should come join us on Saturday. Wait, we should edit that out. But you should come join us on Saturday. Why would you? Oh, no, because Gamer, it's kind of. Gamers is having a. Oh, cool. Thing. Yeah, we, we, um, all, we, all, we all see movies, too. Let's go, like, watch all of the original ones first and then There's watch the new one. one. No, there are two. No, no, there's only one in this. Like, so, like, um. What? Yeah, it's, it's, What's the pump's name? I just opened a can of worms no, that I didn't know about. 
Angelina Jolie. Angelina Jolie's two God. are separate. Like they're it's they're, a separate, they're separate timeline, yeah. Oh, so they're like Yeah. So they're Marvel comics in that shit. So they're what no, <laughs> no kinda, actually. Not really, no, no, they kinda did because What was it yesterday because, we were talking because about? Because the new the new movie's based on the newest games, which are a reset of the Laura Croft the Ra- original Laura Croft Lara. Right. Lara. So Lara. Lara. Excuse me, it's Lara. Lara. Yeah. Like uh, in Doctor Zavago. There is no U. They kind of. They did kind of. So pull, you better get out. They did kind of oh. pull a, a DC New Fifty Two. Is where they kind of rebooted Tomb Raider, and I that mean, new movie is based off that. Oh, interesting. New Tomb Raider, I think. Don't worry about it. The ghost is in the machine again. That's that's fair. This place is haunted. It no, and, and, and no, you, I, you're right. I can I can see it that way. I, I guess I I was just thinking of it in terms of like looking at through a um, Marvel movie making lens, and that's not quite what I meant. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. so we are talking about the same thing on different. Yeah, yeah. Well, 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 in yeah. the same book in different well, chapters. No, there, and it was it was a uh, it was a miscommunication because it, it's not Marvel well, that rebooted. Well, it was, I mean, it was DC. DC. Yeah. No, I was talking about like the Marvel universe where um, they like go in and like. This is an alternate universe no. where this is happening. It's like no, really yeah, 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 no. well, but see, this is an alternate universe where Thor is a woman. Duh, that's the real universe. No, but it's funny you say that because in the comic books, Marvel has in its own universe like uh, the alternate timelines and all that. Yeah, yeah. the multiverses and the multiverses, right? And it's the same with um with DC. Okay, so that that's actually a very normal thing. So it's okay. not. Yeah. Uncommon for them to do it in films. It's mostly so that comic book, comic book writers can take their own liberties with comics without stepping on someone else's toes. It's yeah, fucking it makes fantasy. Sense. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? I mean, I'm sorry, but like, <laughs> um, but I mean, video games and and board games and movies have long had overlaps. I mean, mm-hmm. you had the original Jumanji, you have Tomb Raider, you have Zathura. Zathura was I know Jumanji. Um, Zathura was oh shoot, what's his what's that actor's name? The Your super phone's cute in airplane guy. mode. You can't shake it. No, I took airplane mode off <laughs> <laughs> because looking up cute boys in movies is important to me. It's one of her hobbies. Um, Josh Hutcherson. It was oh, Josh it was Hutcherson. his like breakout hit. Um, and it's the same. It's the same thing. Like the kids find the game in their basement, pull it out, and it suddenly like takes them into outer space, and they have like a an. Uh, I don't astronaut. remember. I don't remember anything about this movie except I just, for some reason, in my head, rem- remember the soundbite from the preview. Zathura. Congratulations. <laughs> that almost sounds like a really gay Shazam. It sounds. Shazam. It sounded like Kirby. Ha! No. Kirby doesn't make noises, does he? In my mind, he does. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I don't know. You're the video gamer or, here. Help me out here. Or Jigglypuff or something. I don't, I don't know if he talks. I, I, and I make up sounds in my head sometimes that I come believe, out in Hang on. Like, I can't believe you just put Kirby side by side with Jigglypuff. Cause they look the same. Um, it's completely... Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> Yes, Roder. You are so in trouble right now. All right, our our first <laughs> argument of the fucking podcast. They're both pink and round. Okay, and two gay guys are exactly the same. I mean, most of them are in modern media. Have you met Jordy and myself? <laughs> we couldn't Wait, be more I'm, different. Just to just to keep us on track. No. <laughs> just so I can refresh my memory, I'm looking at pictures of both of them. Okay, that's what Kirby I'm literally looks like, like so offended like I can't even like find words right now. <laughs> like. And now Jigglypuff. They look the same. They both have big blue eyes, round heads. I mean, Kirby's ears are round. 
Kirby doesn't have ears. You fucking like, plebeian. Um... Wait, can we curse on this? Yeah, absolutely. You fucking plebeian. Do you mean plebe? I was going to say, do you mean plebe? Plebeian? <laughs> Well, is it plebeian? Yeah, yeah. It's oh. the difference. It's like the difference between Cretan and Cretan. That's funny. I've always get people plebs too. It's well, a plebe. I mean, if we're looking at the source language, that makes sense. It's Greek. So it would be plebeian. It'd be plebeian. Would it? Because it's the e with the. You're so smart. Thank you. I try. I'm the, I'm that nerd that goes what to the is, grocery store is, and is, like sees like Athenos. Can we cut that out? Greek though? yogurt. Because I, don't I like will. Not knowing that. Also, <laughs> also, we'll just we'll just let her have this one. Also, why are you making out with the mic? Why? Because I do every night. Why aren't you? No, I. Mine's not pink. <laughs> so okay. So what do you just try so to eat the after mic? Just so you know. <laughs> after that debacle with Kirby and Jigglypuff. Edit point. <laughs> I am not editing that out because that was hilarious. Because um, to a layman, I'm sorry, they look the same, and I don't <laughs> see the difference. But okay, but Kirby is Nintendo, correct? Versus Jigglypuff, which is Pokemon. Well, I mean, yes, right? I'm not no, well, incorrect. I don't, I don't there. know. I actually don't know what studio does Kirby, but Nintendo. Game. Kirby, because Kirby was in the like the Kirby's the like, Mario. No, that's not a studio. That's a company. That's the, company, that's the game system it's on. Well, because oh, Kirby Kirby's yeah. part of the the Mario Kart universe no. thing. Kirby well, is its own universe. Well, yeah, but he was in... They're, they're in Super Smash Brothers, but Super Smash Brothers Super has, Smash has Brothers characters Smash. from oh, um, a bunch Kirby, of different God, franchises that game. from Nintendo. Kirby was um, HAL Laboratory. Huh? HAL? Oh, okay. Anyway. Is it rela oh. related to Dexter's Laboratory? No, um, no, no, no. Super Super Smash Brothers is a game where yeah. Let's actually talk about that for a while because well, it was a huge cultural phenomenon. Still kind on of that is. note, um, Hal also created the Eggerland series, uh, the Mother series, and the Super Smash Brothers series. Oh, Mother, I love Mother. Well, because Super Smash Brothers also has, isn't Link in there? Yeah, Link's in there. Po there are various Pokemon in there. There's Mario characters in there. There's, there's actually characters from. There's one character from Final Fantasy in there, which was something that. Uh, what's the like Square there's the like beefy it. guy what's his name the Mario? like no the like super masculine like i'm here for you dude like captain <laughs> it's like captain oh, captain falcon yes captain falcon so captain falcon is actually a character from an old racing game <laughs> okay called f-zero x which is actually an amazing franchise but they they actually and i think the f-zero series ended up dying um but it was an amazing series uh it's like a futuristic racing game so, so what was the big deal about Smash Brothers? So, when I was in college, like literally everyone every night was in someone's room playing Super Smash Brothers. It was one of the. I played it a few times, but I never quite understood the cultural just, phenomenon that it was. It's just a really well built fighting game that has a lot of characters from a lot of really beloved franchises. Okay. So. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's true. It just—it's just a really—it's just a pretty. Solid it just appealed series. to a really wide variety of people right yeah. off the bat without having to create something new. I mean, it's Ex kind of, well, yeah, yeah. It's actually, yeah. essentially, it's—it's it's kind of like I mean, if you think about like even Mario Kart, right? Like, I mean, the idea that it's it's, it's just a racing game at the end of the day, <laughs> which I know I'm gonna get so much flack for, but you know, essentially, it's a racing game with beloved characters, right? Yeah. I mean. That <laughs> and I mean with Mario, I always chose to be Peach. That was like the way that I chose to like express my gender as a kid. <laughs> sure, was I would always choose to be Peach or Daisy, usually Peach, because let's face it, I'm a blonde at heart. 
<laughs> I'm, um, always, I'm always Birdo, so same. <laughs> uh, but, like, being able to see my character as this, basically the epitome of femme sure. on screen. But then, of course, in real life, having to be like, oh, I'm just playing her because it's fun to watch her die but, or fail or whatever. Like, But really, in reality, getting to play as this character... And I think that ties back into the whole idea of escapism, of being able to play, um, whether in board games or video games, someone that you see as kind of the image of yourself that you would want to portray. Honestly, it's probably why I'm a drag queen, and it's surprising that I (laughs) haven't done a Peach cosplay yet. I actually have one. You haven't? No, I haven't. I never have. I have. (laughs) (laughs) I see you more as a daisy, though. You're more intelligent than I. Joy, do you win a costume contest? Ask Peach, actually. What? No, I placed. Actually, I can see you as Yoshi more. Yeah. What? What? (laughs) (laughs) Them some fighting words. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Yoshi's pretty awesome. He can swallow people and put them in eggs. Uh, <laughs> uh, Birdo was the first trans character in video games. That said oh, wait, what? Good. I didn't yeah. know that. Tell me about this. So Birdo, uh, Birdo was, I think, in the... I think it was the first Super Mario game that Birdo first appeared in. Uh, let me l- let me look it up. Edit point. Um, <laughs> sorry, I do that a lot. Because of another podcast that I'm in. Uh, I just like eating into the microphone. This is Vivian Gabor ASMR. So while I look this up, uh, Birdo... ASMR? Uh, the ASMR videos where it's like ASMR, what's that? Crinkling oh, okay. stuff into the microphone. Oh, 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 I've seen this. Mm-hmm. So Birdo appeared in Super Mario Brothers 2, which was the second game. This is back in like... It's I the only one of the originals I haven't played. I think it's like... Super Mario Brothers 3 was the first one. This is where I know things because we had an NES growing up. Super Mario Brothers 3 was the first one you could go backwards on the screen as well yeah. as forwards. It's always so funny to me because, like, a lot of Americans... It's funny to me because a lot of Americans think, you know, anytime we talk about Nintendo consoles, you know, they we talk about... Um, a lot of Americans will think of the original Nintendo as the one where you, like, stick a cartridge in and push it down. Mm-hmm. And I grew up in Asia, so we had the Famicom first. <gasps> I've seen one of those. Yeah. Oh, my God. And it was so cool. It, it, they're, they're really cool, right? But... To me, that was always the original Nintendo, and by the time the cartridges came in, where you like slipped it in and pushed it down, like that was a whole new thing for us. Okay, actually, remind me because I might be misthinking this. Because we got one in at I work at Goodwill, and we got okay. one in that was it was basically an NES, but it was like a it was like the original one that they only released to hotels or something, and you had it was like a pay per use kind of a machine. It oh. was it was like somewhere between like an Atari and a Nintendo, and it was really weird. I'm not sure if that's the same thing. The one I'm thinking of is like, like kind of like a red and gold or. Red oh and no, I don't know that one. Um, so basically, what happens is um, it kind of looks like the Super NES, uh, Super NES, as you call the it. The Super NES. Um, <laughs> we call it SNES. Um, yeah. But like with a more SNES. primitive, more rectangular controllers, and okay. they stored in the sides of it. Okay. Um, and same thing with the cartridge went straight down, kind of like you would the SNES, um, SNES. <laughs> Sometimes being an immigrant is hard. Where did um, you grow up? The Philippines. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, uh, but, but yeah, I, j- I just think it's hilarious because I like even things like uh, Mega Man, for instance. I mean, I always knew it as Rock Man growing up. Because what's Mega Man? 
It's you can't a, sit with us. It's an older Sega series. They literally just looked at me like I was scum. Mega Man. <laughs> they, don't, they don't really make new Mega Man games anymore. So no, no, I'm, it's I'm been not, around. Yeah, it kind it kind of died out. So um, here's anyway, one. That anyways, you guys back pro- back oh. to Birdo. Yes, Super, Birdo. Super yes, Mario thank you. Two came out in 1988. In the game manual for for Birdo's description is, well, it's kind of a transphobic. Uh, yeah, Say it. He thinks History. he's a girl, and he spits eggs from his mouth. He'd rather be called Birdetta. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Also, so. before we get, I mean, too good idea, track. but miswritten. Yeah, but it's a good idea. I like but that. But throughout the entire guide, like Birdo. So really, Birdo your, your assertion that Dragon like, yeah. Age was the first one with the a queer character was wrong. It was actually no, Birdo. Queer, no, queer romance. <laughs> Oh, got it. Yeah, Boom. Yeah. And al- oh, also, uh, in Dragon Age Inquisition, there's also an explicitly trans male character. Oh, cool. Yeah. There's actually an entire little... It's, like it's kind of like a side character, but there's like an entire little storyline about it, which is oh, that's really, really cool. cool. So. Yep. This. Yeah. Side note, um, Mega Man or Rockman was produced by Capcom, not Sega. <laughs> well, no, but it was on, it was on Sega consoles. No, no Nintendo consoles. I'm older really? than you. I trust your elders. Oh, <laughs> the only thing I know Sega I for is Sonic the Hedgehog. Sonic because Sonic oh, was also probably, blue. Yeah. Also, this is a game that neither of you have probably played. Did you ever hear of Power Pete? Power, Power what? Pete. Oh it's yes, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> pretty sure this game only existed on one computer because I've never. If you have ever played Power Pete, please comment and let me know because it would make me so happy. It was a game. Our very first computer was an Apple computer. It was one of those, like, three-foot-deep monitors with the gigantic um, tower that, like, laid on its side. It was so huge. And one of the games that came on it was called Power Peep. It was this little, like, guy that ran around smashing things. For and, the, like... His chin <laughs> looks like testicles. Um, for the record, he... <laughs> for the record, he looks like a cross between Leisure Suit Larry and um, Stan from American Dad. But I think oh, it was does, like it yeah. was it was a game that was specifically um, released on one operating system with an, a Macintosh computer back years and Guys, years. Guys, make sure you put ago. it in the comments if you played Minesweeper. Oh yeah, totally. Oh I killed it at Minesweeper. Are you kidding me? I actually, I do, I actually still don't understand how to play that game. So. I so I I do. Oh, I can explain. That's one that I'm actually really good at because my dad worked. My dad's a judge. And when my sister and I were really little, we used to have like mom needed her day. So we would go like spend the day at my dad's office on his couch. So we would play Minesweeper while he was having phone conferences and solitaire. solitaire. So me and my sister got real good at those. We also played with the microfiche machine in his office. The what? Oh, my God. The micro what? The microfiche. So it's. Back in the day before they could, before everything was digitized. Back when Kim's was your age, yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, they would have these machines that say you wanted to have records of a newspaper, but you didn't want to oh, have yeah, like oh, libraries yeah, yeah, yeah. full of newspaper and instead just wanted a single bookshelf. Uh-huh. They would take a picture of it and basically shrinky dinks it and put it onto a little tiny sheet of plastic. That's what it was. It was they would print it onto plastic and then shrink it. So it was this little tiny like five by six card. Then you would stick it in this big magnifying machine that was about four feet tall by two feet wide. 
oh, and is it, move uh, is it, it around is, underneath is, it. Is this one of the? Is, that, is this something in every single investigational movie ever when yes. they go in the library going through yeah. the newspapers and they're okay. like cranking it? Yeah, that's yeah. what it is. And you still do that <laughs> if you want to like look through old newspaper archives and stuff and go down to the library or go through like records of buildings and stuff. You Let's still have to do month, that, man. Oh God, that took me back to the early '90s right there. <laughs> You know, speaking of Minesweeper and um, Solitaire and all those, like, old, like, old games. Old games. Um, I, growing up in a different country, never played Capture the Flag. And one of my... F- I know, I know. Wow. I know. And one of my... I, I didn't even know it was, like, an actual real game in real yeah. life. Um, that was, like, my entire childhood. But I played Capture the Flag on the computer in, like, there a was DOS a game. game. Oh, my God, it was fantastic. And, like, every turn you had certain number of moves you could allocate to different characters and they could either run, walk, or like crawl. And it took X number of moves for, for each action. Of course, you know, you took the least to run. But also it created different visibility for your opponent and you basically took turns. It was great. It was great. That's <laughs> so cool. Um, so, I mean, we've talked a lot about video games and board games. What are the other the other aspects of gaming in general well, I think they're the, uh, or are those the main two smaller aspects would be like larping um well ooh, larping and i mean we we really 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 cannot neglect right now mobile games yeah because mm. it's a very it's kind of created its own ecosystem and its own set of people who you know subscribe to them right like, another name for it is augmented reality yeah i was just games. gonna say it. well okay. not necessarily but yes i mean but there that's are, like there are ar mobile them. games and there are mobile games that aren't right so, oh hey, hey, hey but but like but pokemon you, but was right, definitely pokemon, an go, pokemon go right which and i mean produced by niantic which is based off of oh, oh it uses uh, the same map as, yeah um, they, they uses the same map as ingress which ingress, is thank you uh also i actually used to play that as well uh is actually has a really large move, movement in seattle yeah. Um, Interesting. Yeah, Wait, it's really so much. this is a different game from Pokemon it Go? It is. Okay, so Pokemon Go uses has Pokemon stops and yep. gyms at certain landmarks and points. Um, in Ingress, um, there's not a there's not there's only one type, and they're called I think they're called gates. Um, <coughs> and player there's three different teams or two, two different teams, two. and and uh, people go around attacking and capturing the gates. Oh, um, interesting. And yeah. They can capture gates and then link them together, and then any enclosed, uh, like polygon created through lines between gates becomes a captured territory. You know what this makes me think of? In like a hundred years, there's not going to be like tagging with spray paint anymore. It's all <laughs> going to be augmented reality stuff where we're all wearing glasses, and suddenly you see I like mean, someone's thing on the side of the wall. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. That's- very. Well, that's what you, that's <laughs> We're about to live in. Well, and that's really scary to think Blade about. Runner. If, the, if, if, the, if the world does move towards an augmented reality as part of our everyday reality, where you're, you're kind of mm-hmm. like smartphones, where you're expected to have one, you know what happens to people who aren't economically able to afford yeah. those glasses? They can can they not now access ac- like literally not access the? I world. mean, there's still huge parts of the world and even our country that don't even have internet. So yeah. sure, yeah. So yeah, it's definitely a classes thing. Yeah. It's, well, spooky to think about well it's interesting you bring that up because um another big aspect of gaming that's really really kind of taking off right now and we're just beginning to see the beginnings of it is you know virtual reality right Mm -hmm. and that's not just gaming but it is a large yeah oh it's huge and that's the true escapism if you think about it like it's taking it to another level yeah and there are so many 
sci-fi series about it like black mirror um, <laughs> i was like there, mirror. there are a few episodes of black mirror that are running through my head right now sure ready player one which is you know coming yep. out in theaters which is going to be fantastic yeah um i personally one of my favorites is this young adult book series called uh, the game is life and it talks about someone who has um, developed a gaming system because the education system was failing and mm, so it that allowed sounds people little. to escape into this virtual reality <laughs> game. I know. Mm. Sounds a little true to life. There, there's, a, there's a lot of people, another social commentary about VR series uh, that a lot of people knock on, but I really like it. It's the anime Sword Art, Sword Art Online, uh, which is about, uh, there's like, I think like 10,000 players. It's like the launch day for this VR game. And then they all get trapped in this game. Oh, yeah. And if they die in the game, the headsets they're using for the VR fry their brains. And oh, they my God. Die. Um, and die. Wait, I'm, so, I'm, without, so kind without, of without, like... Without too many spoilers, yeah. they're trapped in this game for multiple years um, without being able to log out. And it's kind of um, like a commentary on what happens to people when they like really escape and they well, are and able to just leave consequences. Virtual reality in general... I like that this is where the conversation is going because that's becoming a huge, like, not only aspect of the gaming community, but in general, it's becoming, like, movies are starting to talk about it a lot more and sure. TV shows are talking about it a lot more. Um, like, in my mind, I know there are two video game-related ones in Black Mirror that talk about it, plus there's the army one where they're, like, they're, they're playing with their minds and it, like, turns humans into monsters and they have to kill the monsters and then one of them realizes that it's augmented reality um but there's an episode in the newest season of black mirror that's based around the star trek idea but it's mm. this guy's created this huge virtual reality universe that you can plug into and you t you can take real people's dna and upload them into your game and oh, use sure. them how you would want um, and it's just that's becoming or even if you haven't seen Black Mirror at all, you need to at least watch. There's one. I can't do it. I think it's the, the scariest episode, honestly, freaks me the fuck out. There's one where this guy gets roped into testing out a new video game. And it's a virtual reality game where you get put into a haunted house and it preys on every single one of your fears. Oh, lovely. Yeah. And it like, <laughs> but it like, it doesn't end. Like when you think it's over, it's just another level. And then it ends and you think you're done and out of it. And it's another level. And it just keeps going and going and going. Hashtag spoilers. I'm not, well, no, that's, <laughs> it's, I mean, you, you kind of see, trigger warning. you see, yeah, <laughs> you see, you see better. that part coming. The end, the twist at the end is not what you see coming. So you have to watch it. It's really good. It has Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell's son as the main character. Oh. But, but yeah, virtual reality is definitely, I think, the, the next step to a lot of this stuff, especially with all the augmented reality stuff coming out. Well, that's the, it's interesting you bring that up, right? Because I feel like all of these conversations we've been having have been so related mm -hmm. um, with this whole idea that like, we're always trying to discover as humans more. And I mean, it, and the whole escapism thing is also another way to explain our reality or look at it through a different lens, right? Absolutely. And if you take a look at sci-fi, sci-fi does a lot of that. I mean, a lot of what we have right now is due to science fiction, you know, Completely. novels and franchises that have existed. Um, on that note, there are a lot of theories, for instance, mm -hmm. that, like, humans are just an alien ant farm, right? Like, mm -hmm. who's to say that we aren't some... We are the I mean, there's... there's 
the research that's going on right now is to because there are two types of blood. There's the Rh positive and Rh negative, oh, yeah, and yeah, Rh yeah. negative is not related at all to the Rh positive. Yeah. And it's a very small portion of the population, and so they're trying to figure out why the genetics are so different and where they came from, because they may not be human. You know, octopuses don't Me. share like DNA with like anything on this planet. No, not at all. They're completely different. Uh, I would like to add that none of us are experts on any of none these of subjects, us. No, so. <laughs> I'm actually. That's I'm why I'm I stated at the beginning that I'm completely ignorant. I'm actually intentionally sowing disinformation. Thanks. I appreciate that. So really, all of this is a social experiment around Jordy's world. <laughs> yeah. yeah, augmented th- reality. This isn't even a podcast. This is just my intervention because I'm a sociopath. <laughs> <laughs> You're a drag queen. We're that's all sociopaths. <laughs> you know, the whole thing about Vivian Gabor having a podcast to begin with was actually part of Jordy's grand scheme. I yeah. knew it. Am I in your like five-year plan? Your like 30-year plan? This is my plan to steal all your wigs. You don't want my wigs. I, I really don't. <laughs> you really don't. <laughs> we have a different style. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I think that's actually that's a good place to kind of to wrap that. Now that we've kind of gone through from board games to video games to augmented reality, um, it's it's interesting to watch the kind of evolution because you see these kind of specific games that move society in a specific direction. Sure. So like. Honestly, without Dungeons and Dragons, we wouldn't have had a lot of video games that we currently have. Without a lot of those video games we currently have, we wouldn't have gotten to the point of augmented reality. Well, so, kind of, there's these like weird full circle moments. You're right, and there's 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 so many things that, again, to the concept of game changers, right? When you think mm-hmm. about Final Fantasy, for instance. Final Fantasy is called Final Fantasy because it was supposed to be their last, their game. last game. They were going to go bankrupt. <laughs> yeah. Know? So, um, but it just instead started this new big movement, and it's it's yeah. You're touching on a lot of things. Where basically there's gaming is just one aspect of society because there's a societal need for it. Yeah. And as those needs change, the games change as well. But one thing that they do for us is they fulfill a need that we are currently missing, whether that's a social aspect, whether that's a personal achievement aspect. You know, who's to say? I mean, we don't know for sure, but like a psychologist could be analyzing gamers and being like, well, you know, you were a race where you got a medal every time you moved up a grade level, so you got to need that personal achievement. Well, I almost, <laughs> I, almost see, I almost see, especially video games, as kind of that like, very tangible evidence of science fiction in our society and the progression of technology because you can it's so easy to see it in terms of like going from Atari to 8-bit to wherever the fuck we are now where virtual reality where things like you can't even tell if something's real or not anymore I mean we're we're watching what what H.G. Wells and Jules Verne and those authors in, back in Victorian England were imagining in their heads, we're seeing now. Sure. And the, our authors and video game creators and board game creators are, are thinking about what we're going to be seeing 100, 200 years from now as well. Assuming we don't get wiped out like the Mayan civilization. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Minesweeper, real edition. Uh. <laughs> nice segue. <laughs> <laughs> you think. I'm good at those. But yeah, it seems like gaming is a, a good kind of sign of the times it's a good zeitgeist oh definitely definitely there's there's always social commentary in, in games and it's it's yes 
and there's also a lot of it's really interesting to analyze society from a gaming lens because I mean running a gaming group we all see what people gravitate towards right yeah. and I mean one of the reasons why when we had board game nights we started theming them was because we found that people came out to different themed nights um, we're trying an experiment where we're letting that go a little bit but you know when we themed them even if people didn't necessarily play the theme the crowd would change oh yeah because people were drawn to a different setup right yeah. like you know whether it's uh, um, all like the games are going to be four players. Or a yeah, Catan totally. night or a, yeah. Or, or even a land more broadly. Yeah, yeah. Or, yeah. Or it would be like, um, you know, four tops, which is basically um, each I've game. I've had a few of those Hey-o. nights. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where like four players at each game was like the maximum. You okay. know, it changed it. And, and we've had like betrayal nights where, you know, yeah, the whole game is about screwing other people over. Oh, yeah. Or games would... Uh, there was actually one game night which we did, which was, like, no pieces. Yeah. Like, so it had, it had to be all cards. All card-based games or, Ooh. like, word-based games. Or yeah, it had to be no dice, no anything. And, and that was interesting. It brought out a different crowd, right? So are your... Since we're kind of wrapping up, oh, we may as well... No, we may as well do some plugs. Are your events um, on, a, on, like, a, a monthly basis or a weekly basis, or are they just kind of events... Where can we find that information? Kind of weekly. So we are um, on we're on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash Seattle Gamers. That's Gamers with a Y. G-A-Y-M-E-R-S. We're gamer people. <laughs> um, and I'm assuming it's open to everyone who identifies yeah. under that LGBTQIA plus umbrella. Open to all we're ages, sexes, genders, humans. Um, mm-hmm. We, of course, focus on the queer community because yeah. that's whom we're supporting. Um, we do, of course, accept allies in, but we are made to be a safe space for queer gamers to meet. Cool. And we we run events. Our events change often because we have movie nights, we have board game nights, we have um, m- uh, we have uh, video game nights, and then we also have other gamer or geeky related outings as well. We usually average about one event a week, though, maybe two. Yeah, it really depends on the week. Um, we are actually shifting to a weekly board game night. Historically, we've been twice a month, uh, but it's been so successful. We're moving towards that, and we're hoping that when video game night picks up more too, that we can increase its frequency as well. Yeah. Cool. Um, and so, Facebook.com/slash Seattle Gamers with a Y, and then are you on Instagram, Twitter? Same thing, Seattle Gamers with a Y, one word, all lowercase. Um, we are. We also have a subreddit that's fairly inactive. We start. <laughs> we started on there, but we definitely moved from there very fast. So. Yeah, we we and we started on there, but again, it's also a matter of we so go, blow we up go, their subreddit, <laughs> right? <laughs> we, we go where the community is, yeah. right? Yeah. And we we recognize that it's more important for us to function the way our community needs us mm-hmm. than the other way around. Absolutely. Um, and you can also find Yeah But Podcast on both iTunes and Google Play. Hopefully you've already found that if you're listening. Um, as well as on Instagram at Yeah But Podcast. That's Y-E-A-H-B-U-T-T Podcast. Or Facebook. Just search for it because right now we don't have enough users to have a username. What? Yeah, right? Aww. So That's, go smash yes. that like button. Button, just gonna, like I'm a California. Uh, I'm gonna go unlike it right now. Button. <laughs> Thanks. Or you can find me on Instagram at Vivian underscore Gabor, V I V I E N underscore G A B O R. 
And do y'all have personal Instagrams that you'd like to plug? Yeah, I'm gonna plug my drag Instagram. Yeah, drag. Uh, you can find me at Daddy Issues Drag. D a d d y i s s u e s d r a g. And I am once and for always this little gecko. T h i s l i l g e c k o, which will make much more sense if you actually see me in person. Because <laughs> totally. he's small and green. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> at least right now. This has been Yeah But Podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks for we'll see me. you later. Bye. You two are awesome. Thank you for listening to Yeah But with Vivian Gabor. Tune in next week, same place, same time. Thank you.